case. Everything's set up. Whew. Of course you would start with that. Let's make sure my mic is mic-y. Hey y'all, it's Ariel, and today I want to talk about the effects of abandonment. So, me personally, I've had three major, um, I guess, traumatic events, I guess you could say, when it comes to abandonment, and um, I want to go, I'm going to go into those in further detail, but before I get into it, let's go into the definition of abandonment, some signs, some causes, and some treatments, both like treatment treatment and spiritual treatments so first of all fear of abandonment is the overwhelming but underwarranted fear that people you love will either leave you physically and or emotionally a fear of abandonment is complex phenomenon that can stem from a variety of developmental experiences including loss and trauma this fear has been studied from a variety of perspectives Theories behind why it occurs include interruptions in normal development, certain cognitive and emotional capacities, and problematic, pretty much trauma girl. All right, so let's go over some symptoms or some signs that you have a fear of abandonment. If you attach quickly, even to unavailable partners, fail to fully commit and have very few long-term friendships and relationships, Move on quickly just to ensure that you don't get too attached. Aim to please. Engage in unwanted sex. Stay in relationships no matter how unhealthy they are. Struggle with being hard to please or nitpicky. Having difficulty experiencing emotional intimacy. Feel insecure and unworthy of love. Find it hard to trust people. Are often jealous of everyone you meet. Experience intense feelings of separation anxiety tend to overthink and work hard to figure out hidden meanings you're hypersensitive to criticism contain repressed anger and control issues engage in self-blame frequently i said that kind of fast and it was a mouthful so i'll give you a second to think if you match to some of those all right second step so for me personally, like I said, I have three major issues um, when it comes to that. And I just pretty much want to jump straight into them. The main one being my father. Um, my very first memory of him when I was younger was of him walking away. Um, we were at like a second line. And if you are from New Orleans, you know what I'm talking about. I don't. I was too young to remember the exact situation, but my mama and him there. They got into it about something. I don't remember what. And then I just remember him walking away. Um, years later, and towards the end of I want to say 2016, going into 2017, his wife at the time had reached out. Um, we got connected. I got connected with him and that side of the family. And um, pivoting back to my mom. She was overwhelmed with raising three kids alone. So she had a moment or a stint in her life to where like we were pretty much going from aunt to aunt. I have a bunch of aunts. I have like 
seven, six aunts, seven, I don't know. I have a bunch of aunts and one uncle. And so we were just going from house to house while she was, you know, living it up. She was being a Sagittarius. Okay. Um, and then my stepfather, who was an amazing person, taught me a lot, done a lot, um, was a very, very, was one of my favorite people until alcoholism and all that took over his whole entire personality and identity. But, um, who he was as a person, I still respect. And there's really nothing he can do to turn me against him. He has, he crazy. And he has done some crazy things and still is, but for the most part, you know. All right, so let's go over some causes of the fear of abandonment. So abuse, abandonment itself, neglect, death of a loved one, emotional distance of a parent or caregiver. Um, and then they go on to list BPD and separation anxiety. So pretty much what I think abandonment stems from is just not having a consistent childhood and just, uh, going, you know, like it was so much instability in my life. I don't, my mama, I love her to death. And I feel like a lot of the things she did shaped me to be the woman I am today. And without a lot of the things she did, I wouldn't have anything to, to say, you know what I'm saying? I feel like all of those I can get into a deeper thing with spirituality and what I really believe, but that's not what this is about. I kind of want to stay on subject to stay on topic. She did the best she could with what she had. And, you know, I would never not be proud of her, but a lot of things stemmed from, you know, just growing up in chaos pretty much. But I don't want to get into like that part. I want to stick, and stay on abandonment. I'm telling y'all, I will jump all over it, all over the place to trying to get my point across. So that I just want to stick to it. So now that I've went over those few things, I just want to go and dive a little bit deeper into abandonment and how it shaped who I am as a person, and just kind of see if we can compare our situations. If anything I say can help you, pretty much, and if anything you know can help me, please let me know. Please comment. Please reach out. <laughs> Alright, so for starters, I feel like I pretty much chose losing cases. I pretty much set out and I was preset to choose terrible men, unavailable men, and emotionally unavailable men, physically unavailable men. Uh, I would choose the most... If it looked like it was never going to get off the ground, it was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy I'm going to choose. I was going to the race and betting on the worst horse ever. Um, <laughs> I was just choosing things. But this is based off of my fear of abandonment. It's And then, because so many ideas are coming at me at once. The fear of abandonment... It's like every time I speak on it, I, I go even deeper and, and I go even deeper and I'm like, okay, so where do I even finish my idea off? Because I just have so much I want to say. Abandonment has such deep roots inside somebody's psyche. It's, it's just difficult to even know where to start. All right. 
So number one, who you are right now for people who have not dealt with their trauma head on. The person you are right now listening to me, if you haven't done any work or even if you have done little work, whatever. The person that's listening to me right now and who you're going to be once you heal yourself. Give me one second. I'm just trying to find like a good a good thing for this um for this cuz I just needed the quality to be good. All right. So who you are right now listening to me and who you're going to be after you heal is going to be two different people. The way you think is going to be entirely different. So what I'm saying right now may resonate, it may not. So for starters, when we look at fear of abandonment and when you go through a traumatic situations where you're abandoned, you're traumatized. Um, you're in flight of like, you know, flight of fight mode. Like it's your nervous system is not even regulated. Nothing is going right for you to be in a cognitive place. So basically what I'm trying to say is when you go through traumatic events and they scar you that early on, you're always in go mode and you don't even realize it. You're in go mode right now. You're traumatized right now. Like you're not even realizing it. So think about it. Let's say you got into a car accident, God forbid, or just some traumatic event and your adrenaline is rushing. And then right at that moment when your adrenaline is rushing and you're going through so many emotions, you have to make a life decision. You have to make decisions going throughout your life, right? You're going to make the worst decisions ever. You're literally lit. Your, your nervous system is on fire. Everything is just going off and you're trying to make decisions. What you don't realize is you can mess around and go through your entire life like that and not even realize that's happening because of how well you wear your mask. You wore so well that you can't even tell. And it's going to take for you to slow down to realize that. So, boom, this is what abandonment does, people. Like, it sends you on this tangent of being the person that you are not. You're out here making decisions with these glasses on. Your adrenaline is rushing. Everything inside of your nervous system is saying, we just had an impact. Everything is going. And you're making life decisions. And I just want to give a second and let that breathe because that's that alone would be enough for this podcast if we really sit down and think about it you're making decisions after a traumatic event because you think that you have like settled down and I compare it to a car accident because think about how frazzled people are after that and then and then imagine them having to make a life decision you know you're not in the right state of mind and you don't realize that you swear up and down it feels right but this feels real to me. But when you're traumatized, I'm telling you guys, like, relax. Traumatized people are still in flight or fight mode. And you cannot make decisions like that. So that's one of the effects of abandonment. 
And for me, my abandonment was coupled with growing up with poverty. Poverty and abandonment together just was a storm. It was just a storm. It just makes you... (laughs) You just seek out a cycle. Everything is a cycle. Abusive relationships are a cycle. Addicted to food, it's a cycle. Um, What else we got? Everything negative that you can play with yourself is usually a cycle. And let me tell you how the cycle of abandonment goes. For example, and this is just, I'm going to keep it light because the car accident example, I'm going to give it to y'all. You know, that was kind of (laughs) traumatic. That was dramatic, traumatic, the whole deal, okay? So let's just do and stick to, we're just going to do and stick to, let's do horse races, right? Let's say there's a stadium in town and they always have these amazing horse races. Like they're always packed. Celebrities are always going. Like it's the place to be if you're not there you're square okay now let's say that there's like a facebook group about this horse this uh you know this world-renowned horse race place and in that group everybody keep posting this horse that they bet on and one second my my sleep sounds was scheduled to come out okay So let's say in this Facebook group, everybody's talking about this horse that never wins. This horse is trash. You get to the stadium and then like on a pole in front of the door, it's like this makeshift poster about this horse that in at the top, it says, do not bet on this horse. This horse is terrible. You're going to lose. And it's a picture of the horse. It shows where the horse has like this black. It's an all white horse with a huge black dot on the side of it as its birthmark and all that's in the picture you get into the building there's another posting i'm talking about huge over the part where you buy the tickets or you go and get your ticket checked it's the horse with the birthmark that says do not bet on this horse um you go to where you do the betting you're looking around the place is amazing the celebrities is there the vibe is immaculate the food looks amazing and you know you've ordered your food you're sitting down the person walks up to you from where you bet on the horses and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is i want to put my life savings on this horse with the birthmark that i just seen the poster of and i just saw it everywhere (laughs) that's what it's like to make life decisions when you're still traumatized from things that happen in your childhood. You had all the warnings about this person. You had all the warnings about the situation. You had all the warnings about the consequences of your decisions. But you still chose to bet on the loser that you were warned about the whole way here. The whole way here. And you still bet on the... That's what it's like. But then it's like... If I come up to you and I say, hey, you bet on this horse. You shouldn't have bet it on this horse. Can you explain to me why you bet on this horse? When you're in that that mental mode like that, the first thing that's going to come out your mouth, because it feels true to what you're saying, like in your bones, you feel this is true. You're going to say something crazy like, I just feel like it has potential. You know, nobody is betting on this horse. Nobody's giving this horse a chance. Nobody's looking at this horse with empathy. 
I can give this horse an amount of empathy that they cannot. If I put my energy on this horse, it's going to be able to do something that they could not get it to do because, well, it's me. Right? <laughs> it's me. My energy, my magic, if I put it on that horse, oh, that horse is going to win. Inevitably, the horse will lose. Because again, when you're traumatized by events that happen in your childhood, you make decisions from that place until you address that. Until you say, you know what, this might be here, but I'm going to work on that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be so, so conscious of that area that I lack that has got to fix itself. I'm going to hyper-focus myself this whole entire month. I'm going to dedicate it to uprooting that up out of me. Then it would fix itself. So boom, the horse inevitably loses. Just like the sign said when you first got the, to the pole. Just like it said when you got in the doors. Just like it said before you bought your tickets. You had all the signs. The horse loses your your life savings is down a drain. Any logical person would say it's the horse. Any person that loves themselves and that had both parents growing up and encouragement and the things needed as a child would say it's the horse. Because even if I take away and being encouraged by my parents and all the other things I should have had in my childhood, all the signage and even the people in that Facebook group have told me that it's the horse. But what does somebody do that is traumatized and still stuck in that mental space? They say it was me. My magic wasn't strong enough. Who I am as a person, I'm not smart enough. I'm not the thing that could make that go. So then you do self-harm. And when, I, pe when people say self-harm, it's such a buzzword, right? It's such a word that everybody gravitates towards. Self-harm. Uh-uh-uh. Self-harm. Girl. Self-harm can look like so many things. A lot of them invisible. It can look like overeating. It can look like making terrible decisions about the place you're going to work. Do you know how much time you spend at your job and you pick a place you hate? How much do you hate yourself? Back up. It can look like saying no to things you want to say yes to and vice versa. So, I'm going to just let that breathe because I feel like a lot of the things that I'm saying just need time to meditate. You just need time to meditate on it. Because even now, me listening to myself say these things, I'm just getting, I'm healing my, I'm healing things inside of myself. So, Let's just give that time to breathe. I know I swallow loud. People probably hate that, but I got to have me a beverage. <sighs> so this is a cycle for people who haven't caught on by now. But if you're listening to this and you're resonating with this, meaning you're agreeing with a lot of the things and you're feeling a lot of the things I'm saying, you already caught on. It's a cycle. The reason why you do that to yourself is because it's predictable and predictability is the only safe net you have. You didn't grow up with a normal, okay, kids, we wake up at seven. 
7.30, we do this. At 7.30, from 8.30, we do this. From 9.30 to 10.30, there's sports. From this morning, do, 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 do. then your nanny is going to pick you up. Everything is going to be perfect and ironed in the way it's supposed to be. You didn't get that experience. What you got was chaos. Chaotic. Who knows if there's going to be food? Who knows if the lights are on? Who knows if there's going to be hot water? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You had to make life decisions at an age you were supposed to be just making emotional decisions, just testing the water as a person and learning a lot. Emotionally, just gaining some emotional intelligence and just feeling safe. You didn't get that, okay? Unpredictability was your upbringing. Now, when we take that, unpredictability as your upbringing versus predictability in a stable childhood, right? The child with stability is going to develop a lot of those traits. The style, the child with instability, excuse me, is going to develop those traits. What's normal to you is that traumatic cycle, so you cannot see it. This is not a slight to you. It took me a long time, okay? It was everybody's fault. What do you mean? <laughs> it was everybody's fault, and I have to circle back, like, you know? have to put emphasis on the fact that it wasn't me it's them you know like okay but really it's just your addiction to your childhood like this makes you feel safe as crazy as it sound that instability is making you feel oh so cozy sweets like i promise you it is i promise you it is now let's do step one in a cycle okay Step one in the cycle began when he put his life savings on that horse that he knew was going to lose. So step one in the cycle would be making decisions and doing things that are going to harm me in the long run. Step two, when a thing goes wrong, I don't blame the process. I blame myself. It's me. I don't have enough. It's not enough in me to make the thing go right. It takes two to make a. It takes two to make a thing go right. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. That's gonna happen a lot. If you're gonna follow my podcast, that's gonna happen a lot. Okay. I break out in song. I was raised on Disney musicals. Don't do me like that. Okay. All right. So then, like I said, you don't blame the process that you chose. You blame yourself as a person. Then step three, you make terrible decisions. You make decisions because you're re-traumatizing yourself. When you lost your life savings on that horse that you knew not to bet on, but you said, oh, it's enough in me to make it go right. And then you lost, you know what I'm saying? That re-traumatized you. That's what, you, that will, that's what makes you feel warm at night. As fudged, I was about to say, you know what I'm about to say. I don't know. I don't know if I'm cussing on my podcast or not yet. So give me some time to figure out if I'm PG or RG or PPG, okay? PPP loan. Anyway. <laughs> that keeps you warm at night. And so you repeat the process and you repeat the process and you repeat the process and you repeat the process. Connect the cuts, connect the cuts, connect the cuts. If you got that, comment where that's from. Connect the cuts. If you got that, subscribe now. If you got that, we need to be best friends right now. Okay? Right now. Anyways. So like I was saying. So then, you know, and then it just repeats itself. 
after you do yourself harm, you, you big yourself up, you get strong enough to go at it again. And what you do, you pick an even worse whore. You pick an even worse horse, child. Because now you're trying to be too conscientious and you're saying, I've, but I've grown enough to know that if I just do my magic like this instead of like that the last time I did it, I would be successful this time at transitioning this loser into something. And then, it, you know, it's a cycle until you stop and go, wait a second. Why don't I pick the horse that never loses? Why don't I pick the horse that's going to secure my future? Because guess what? If I would have put my life savings on this horse that is guaranteed to win, I would be set up for success. But I don't know success. What does that look like? What's my day-to-day going to look like? How does it work when you're like extremely rich? How much do they pay in taxes? What if I can't afford to be rich? What if I can't make it last because I'm so unstable and everything I touch just falls? What if? Because what if? And I want to stop the podcast here. Because um, I really want to leave y'all with that question. What if you pick a guy that's going to love and appreciate you? What if you pick a job that you're literally at the door before they unlock it? Because you're so happy and you're so excited to go. What if you raise your kids how you want to and not the way you're being told to? What if you lived the life that you wanted to live? What if you came out the closet? What if you got in the closet? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I think I'm so funny. Anyways. But the really question is like, what if? What if? So I'm going to leave you guys with that question. I really hope this podcast got y'all thinking about some things and what I want you guys to answer in the comments. I'm not sure how all this works. I'm going to try to get this uploaded. This is my very first podcast. I haven't done any copyrights, paperwork, anything. I think I want to name it. I'm her. Cause I was thinking like, I, um, becoming her, but it's like, I'm already her. I'm her. I'm Hersky. <laughs> Let me stop trying to be young. But I'm her, and you're her, and if you're a guy, you're him, and yeah, like, we're good. We're going to be okay. We're going to heal together. My next podcast, I'm thinking making it about poverty and its effects mentally and how it's keeping you broke, okay? Um, But like I was saying, in the comments, I want you to answer me, what if you make the best decisions for your life what happens and go ahead and subscribe to this podcast if you want to know if you want more let me know and i love you guys and i'm getting emotional so i sound like this but um let's build a community of safety and make decisions that make you feel good and that are good and again i love you